Hello, everybody. Welcome to Chan's Logic, episode 21. You missed the countdown. Oh, no, I had a different countdown. Oh. I was using a countdown on my computer so I can record the audio separately so nobody can yell at me for poor audio anymore. You just don't have a loud voice. Listen to my voice right now. Isn't that loud? Because you have a microphone it's on you. It's booming. I don't even have a microphone on me, and I can talk louder than you. That's because you have a very deep voice. It's probably from all those steroids in your gymnastics years. Weren't you part of Team Bulgaria? Yeah. Sure I heard. Was. I heard they do. Stop staring at your computer. Sorry. You're out of control. What are you even doing over there? I'm trying to fix the campaign I made. Oh, yeah, that's unfixable. Okay, so today in this episode, we wanted to talk about leadership. Leadership and mentorship. So I've written a couple blogs recently, and they've turned out to be my most popular blogs that I've ever written. So I wanted to maybe do a full-length, full-featured episode on leadership and mentorship because we're involved in several different organizations where we have to lead both a small team, medium team, and a really large team, like 5 million people. That's a new one. I'm just kidding. I made that one up. Do you want me to speed up? You keep looking backwards at me. I know. You're a terrible podcast partner. I'm going to find a new partner soon. That's fine. I like when you and Dave do them together because you both like to talk. You like to hear yourself talk. Oh, yeah? So, me, well, on the other hand, I don't like being in front of the camera. I don't like talking to the camera. Well, if you want to watch me... Sup, Miles? Good to see you on the live broadcast. <laughs> So if, we, uh, if you want to hear me and Dave talk, we have a podcast we just started called The Relationship Marketing Experience. That one's pretty fun. Mm -hmm. Every day-ish. Every day. We call it the Almost Daily Show because <clears throat> <laughs> we almost do it daily. <laughs> and they're supposed to keep it under five, but they both like to talk so much. Yeah. First one was Hard. 14, seven was nine, third was six. Seven fourth. was nine. Oh, yeah. Second Dang. Was Second nine. was nine. <laughs> I'm not very good with numbers, obviously. One, seven, three. Yeah. Good job. 24, 13. But I can do percentages <laughs> without thinking. Let's not go there. I got one, per, I got a percentage right in the grocery store that was a pretty tough, pretty tough calculation. And Steph asked me for 25 minutes how I got it. She, did, she didn't believe it that I could calculate it so easily. He used this calculator. I think, I think I'm like the rain man. I can't do simple math, but I can go in there and count cards and all uh, that stuff. Percentages are simple math too. This one wasn't. Let's go. Oh, hey, Alyssa. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, hi. Okay, so let's talk about leadership as uh, part of a team. So when you think about the way we operate, especially in a lot of the people we talk to, when you're part of a like a gym, you're essentially leading a 100, 200, 300 person organization. You're the leader for all of these people because what we're doing is so heavily relationship focused and so heavily relationship based. You're literally in front of all these people, leading them, telling them what to do, talking to them, analyzing their performance and progress, all of those good things. And when you're leading your team, you're leading a, essentially a team of close, tight-knit people. And if you're in a larger organization, you're at part of like a department that's leading this, this group of people. And if you're in a smaller organization like a gym, you're leading this group of people who are kind of tight-knit right with you. I like all those hearts, Alyssa. You're a champion. RJ said hello. Hello, RJ. Hello, Welcome champion. to the broadcast. Oh, God. <laughs> so when we, when we look at uh, being a leader in an organization, we have to have a few different things in mind. You have to know that you're a mentor. 
you also have to know that you are essentially going to be in a position, especially a smaller department where you're really close with your people. You're going to be, you're going to be really close with these guys. So you're going to be like their friend. <clears throat> but at the same time, you need to organize what you're doing around the fact that as the leader and the mentor, I'm going to develop a strategy that I know is going to work with us, work for us long term. But I'm also going to develop a strategy that I know is going to take care of my team long term. And I have this thing where your long-term strategy should never be at the detriment to your team. And if you have to do something that your team's not going to be on board with, you need to explain the long-term implications with them and make sure they understand what's going on. <clears throat> because yes, if, if you're, yes, very close. Our team is very close. Our whole team's watching this broadcast right now. That's or true. Almost well, all of them. Yeah. The two that aren't, well, they're, they're sleeping. No, Michaela's working. Oh. They're partying or whatever, but... Those two are like brother and sisters. They've become so close that everybody at the summit were like, brother and sister? You're Chandler's sister? No. No. Dale's sister? No. Yeah. So when you think about it, you have to organize these these situations and everything around both, like I said, the long-term aspect and the aspect that it's going to make sense with your team. I think one thing people fail at a lot when they're trying to manage a team at scale and to manage a small team is... You have to tell your team what the long-term idea is and what the long-term plan is. And if you just tell your team, do this, and then they ask why, and you say, just do it because I told you so, they're going to think you're an asshole, and they're not going to want to follow anything you're doing. And now we just got an explicit rating. <laughs> so uh, when you do it that way, though, they're going to say, well, I don't really, you like my shorts, smiles? <laughs> this is a pretty nice angle. If you guys These aren't short shorts this time. can see what's happening here, there's all kinds of stuff set up. I've got my audio, my shorts, my crotch. Everybody likes my crotch angle. But um, should I sit like a lady? Yeah, that's better. You actually have underwear on this time, though. That's oh, that's good. true. I do like uh, Mayhem Anarchy Fire Explosion. Uh, yeah, that's our team. Yeah. So when you think if you don't tell your, your team members, like, what the long-term strategy is and what the ideas are in the long-term strategy, they're going to, like I said, call you an asshole and not want to follow what you're doing because they don't see, they don't know why and they don't see what you're doing. They don't understand it. And I think if you're going to be a good leader, you need to be able to explain to them why you're doing something and why maybe sometimes short-term it's going to be difficult and add more work, but long-term it's going to benefit them heavily and they're going to really enjoy what's happening. Right. You two get off of here, Alyssa and RJ. Oh, they're having fun. <laughs> so when you think about your managing your team long term, it, it's all about consistently communicating with them. I think one of the biggest reasons we fall off if people get angry or people quit or people get butt hurt or whatever they do <laughs> is because we're not communicating with them often and we're not talking to them about what we're feeling and how we're feeling all the time. And Or so, it can be the reciprocal, <clears throat> like they don't talk, they yeah. don't open up. You can and, be perfectly transparent with everybody on your team. And it, it comes down to like how open and like how well they communicate with you. If they don't, they're going to be in a place where they're just like, hmm, I don't know what to do and I don't know what to say. And that's, that's something that uh, if that's the kind of people you have on your team, you have to work to really pull it out of them all the time. <laughs> yeah, and there's Steph has a good point here. You're going to get team members who constantly communicate with you and you click with right away and that you're always going back and forth with and they listen and they just do things and those are like your go-getters but you're also going to get team members who are more introverted and who are quiet they're not going to talk to you about it 
if something bothers them, they're going to let it build and they're going to be get like animosity towards you. And so you have to be the catalyst to change that. You have to talk to them weekly. You meet with them one-on-one, you work with them, you ask them what's going on, you make sure they're on the right path. But at the same time, you're going to get team members who are just like total shitbags and you need to know when to can those people. <clears throat> so they're going, they're going to be the ones who you meet with all the time, you talk to, you try as hard as you can, you mentor them, but you consistently get excuses. You consistently get things that come back that, oh, I can't do this. Well, why can't you do this? Well, I'm scared. Well, why are you scared? Well, because I can't do it. Well, why can't you do it? Because I'm scared. And then you're like, wait, we just did a circle. <laughs> and once you realize you've done 42 circles with this person, that's the moment and that's the time when you need to have the come to Jesus moment and sit down with them and say, like, hey, are you in or are you out? Like, what's wrong with you? I, if I can't do the excuses anymore, I understand if you can't do it and that's totally fine. But we need to cut this off before you get bitter towards us because of the way this has been running. And if you've got team members like that, it's better to end it quick than to let it drag on. Don't put all your effort into someone who's not going to give you anything back. Mm-hmm. Good points. Oh, thanks, Steph. <laughs> so when we organize our team into, into like meetings, uh, for us, the constant communication comes down to the fact that our, half our team is on Instagram watching us right now. But... <laughs> We're, we, we're daily, we're in daily contact. We do have like little, we don't do morning huddles because nobody likes mornings at our gym except Dale, but we do afternoon huddles. Everybody's there at one in the afternoon. We talk about what's going on. Mm -hmm. It's semi-serious, but it keeps us in communications. It keeps us on the same page and it keeps us moving forward and it keeps us on board. So your little daily huddles, it doesn't even need to be super organized. It's 15 minutes of talk, outlining what's happening, what's going on, how everybody's doing, and then moving on and doing something fun. We also have organized into like bi-weekly meetings. Sometimes I say bi-monthly, which means just every twice a month, unless you have a big month that's like five weeks. But uh, so we organize it in at least twice monthly meetings where that's a bigger meeting. So now we're all, we're organized, we're writing things on the whiteboard, we're talking about like what's working, what new plans we wanna do, what new strategies and ideas we wanna develop, and when we're gonna institute them, who wants to run it, who's in charge all of that stuff, what we tried like last month that didn't work, what we tried that did work, how can we improve what we were doing, and all of those things. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it takes different personalities to run these meetings too. So if it's just you, you have to wear a lot of the hats. You have to be the communicator, you have to be the leader, you have to be the organizer, and you have to be the strategist. But for us, we're lucky enough to have multiple people involved in the organization that can lead in different ways. And so I would be more of like, I can create the theories and the ideas and say the strategies that I want to move forward, get the team rallied and get everybody moving forward. And Steph is the one who is going to be there writing things down and making sure the systems are in order, making the flyers and all the pretty stuff, and then <laughs> making sure things actually happen afterwards so that way the team's on board and in order. Mm-hmm. Like today, I yeah, like, work out because I've been fighting with our systems all day. Yeah. Building new pipelines, building, building new stuff. All the things. And so that's how it works so well. So we, I, we decide like, boom, 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 we want all this. I got everything made, developed, strategized, and organized. And then mm-hmm. Steph spends the next three weeks or making sure it's all in like our systems and organized. Three and days. Three days. <laughs> she thinks she's faster than she is. <clears throat> I only have one hiccup right now. And mm-hmm. I've made two new campaigns. Everybody, let's give Steph a round of applause. If you're watching the live, (laughs) click the like button three times for her and we'll know you appreciate her. So when you think about it, uh, I talked about my phases of strategic planning too. So your planning has to be somewhat strategic. And when I'm talking about this, if I move my hands like this, it means 
Super Saiyan, but it also means Super strategic. What? Super Saiyan. When I was like 12, it was like Dragon Ball Z and stuff. It was the coolest thing ever. But uh, so when you're organizing this, you have your different strategic pathways that you need to follow. So our first phase is like you have a discovery phase. So in this, it's when we sit down, we talk about what we're doing, we strategize, we think, we talk about what's going to work, what's not going to work, how do we price, is it too high, is it too low, what do we do about this, and we make sure that everything's organized and all the parameters are in order. And then we move into our, after our discovery phase, which is our planning phase or phase two, and that's when we're actually making the skeletons happen, we're building the landing pages, we're organizing our team around who needs to be where, who needs to do what, who's in charge of different things. And so now planning, now we're organized. We've planned it out, we've mapped it out, we've discovered it, it's all in order, everything's ready to go. After that, we have what we would call like our execution phase. Mm -hmm. And so our execution phase is now like guns are running, we're, we're smoking hot, we're making this thing happen. We are doing the event, we're running the ads, we're doing the local charity thing that we're doing. Everything's come together, everything's in order, and everything's actually working. Or maybe it's not. But either way, we're in the execution <laughs> phase. The yeah. And uh, I think in the execution phase, and especially in leadership, you always have to be prepared to have a, a backup plan. Because a lot of the time, you'll organize something, you'll walk in the room, and the entire building's on fire. So then you have to figure out how to cut the fire down and calm every one down and making sure everyone's like on the same pathway everyone's organized everyone's happy and you have to do this as a leader without batting an eyelash so you have to walk in your team's going to run up they're, they're yelling and screaming they know the place is burning down they're like freaking out but then you have to say like okay do this 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 let's do this organize that fix that and now you've taken yourself into a position of leadership because you didn't show emotion, you didn't freak out, and you fixed the situation. So, huh. and this isn't because you like you just walked in and you instantly knew what to do, it's because you already had this organized in your mind when before it happened. <clears throat> so before you walked in the door, you already had plan A, plan B, and plan C mapped out, and you were ready for the fire, and you were ready for the double fire. I'm never ready for a fire. That, that's what I that's what I do well as part of the organization. Everyone's like, well, that didn't work. That was really stupid, and everyone's sad. And then I walk in and I tell them, no, this is what this is what worked well. This is how we fix it. This is how it works next time. It's like when we run a weightlifting meet. Oh god! You always know you're going to get a quarter of the volunteers you ask for. So you walk in, you know the place is going to be on fire. So mm -hmm. I have my contingency plan organized, set up, and ready to go. Mm -hmm. And that's a big part of leadership that. I think I talk about a lot as well is as a leader, you have to be the one who doesn't showcase your emotions, who doesn't wear your heart on your sleeve with your team, who doesn't really, you can be emotional with your team telling them they're great and all that, but you can't be the one sitting there sulking and somber and complaining and being negative with your team because you invite that construct into your team dynamic. <clears throat> and as the leader, you need to be the one who always moves everyone forward, who everybody looks to as the catalyst to being like the positive change and the one who's going to make things okay. And it's, it, does, it allows you to always be in that good position versus being in a position to where you have the construct where everybody walks in complaining and they're negative and all that stuff. What do you think, Steph? Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. So leadership is, it's essentially understanding the dynamics of your organization, planning things in the right way, leveraging what you're good at and leveraging what other people are good at to make sure everything flows well, strategically planning what you're doing and making sure your what your your like whole process is organized. If you're not an organizer, assign someone to be the organizer. And then I think what people forget about a lot of the time too is it's 
it's not just like do it and forget it with your team. It's never going to work that way. Your team, they're with you and they're part of your team because they need to be led and they need to be shown the right direction and they want to be mentored and they want to be helped. And when you're doing this with your team, it needs to be, okay, this is what we're doing. It's mapped out. And now like we use channels like Slack because we don't necessarily have an actual office all the time. We do at the gym, but we don't in our virtual stuff like Mad Lab group. Mm -hmm. So in Slack, it's, hey, I need everybody to get this done. We talk about it, we organize it, we go through all, all our planning phases, and then it's, you set up checkpoints. So you're gonna ask them, hey, how's this going? Good, great, no, well, what's going on? What's wrong with it? Well, I can't do this, why? Okay, let's work on this. So you have to, some people think this is nagging, but it's not nagging. It's making sure that they're on task and that they're organized. And it's not micromanagement either. It's not nitpicking every task. It's just checking in. Like, did you get it done? Yes, great, good job. Anything I can help you with? No, okay, cool, keep it up. Did you get it done? No, what happened? Why? What do we need to do to fix this? And that's right. how you, you take your team. And you have to remember, too, you're only as strong as your weakest link. And so if you can take that team member who's struggling and falling apart and you can build them back up and bridge that gap to make the weakest link stronger or part of the strong aspect of the team, now you've made your whole team strong. Or alternatively, if you take that weakest link and you help them realize that they're not a good fit for the team, now you find another link that maybe not as weak or maybe fits better. But either way, as a leader, it's your responsibility to drive the team forward. And you, if you have a weak person in the team, then it's your responsibility to be able to spot that person, mentor that person, and either build them up or get rid of them because it's gonna bring the rest of the team down if you don't. That was a nice way of saying it. It's true. I almost heard you go, then you just fire that person. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes you just gotta get rid of them. And we, we play this emotional game too, especially in these uh, small gyms where it's, and I guess in, especially in like small departments as well and small mm -hmm. companies, it's, it's you get so close and attached to these people that You'll, literally, you'll do anything to help them and you want to build them up. You want to drive them forward. You want to make sure they succeed and you want to make yeah. sure they do well. Yeah, and they don't hate their job. Don't yeah. hate what they're doing. And you want to make sure they're happy, but uh, sometimes it's you just can't fix the unhappy. And if you can't fix the unhappy and you can't fix the person who doesn't want to be fixed, they that's when you make the decision to let them go. If, yeah. if you don't, it's just going to carry on and it's become a, going to become a horrifying situation for you later on. When they damage something in your business, they damage the business's reputation, or they quit, and then they think it's your fault. So it's important right. to get rid of them quickly, or right when you spot that, after you've tried to mentor them a little bit and help them out. Yeah. So being a leader, it's, it's understanding the long-term aspect of what's happening. It's understanding that your team is incredibly important, and sometimes you have to make a plan that works long-term and works long-term for your team, but maybe doesn't work as well short-term for them. But you always have to explain that to them and make sure they understand that you are looking out for them in the long term. I think the other, the last thing we talk about in terms of being a leader, you have to understand that your team is your most important piece of anything you do. They're mm -hmm. not just people who work for you. They are the most important segment of your business. They're more important than your customers any day of the week, like I always say. Uh, if you don't have a team, you're not going to be able to serve your customers. And if you have a team that hates their lives or hates their jobs, they're going to showcase that to the customers. And now you have a terrible brand and people are going to hate what you do because you didn't take care of your people. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Steph? I think it sounds great. So Steph is the <laughs> other half of my organizational leadership. <clears throat> I do the a lot of the talking. I'm good at theories abstract ideas, building the big picture, and mm -hmm. making sure I know where we're headed. 
And right. Steph's good at organizing that picture. Yeah. So And, like, you're the one that runs into the fire with a level head, and I'm the one that runs into the fire with my head chopped off. That's right. Oh, and then we calm everyone down, we organize ourselves, and then we move forward <laughs> and we make sure we're okay. So just think about this. Uh, if I had to say, like, two, a couple things that make a good leader, it's not attending, like, a leadership course. I mean, if you go to some course where you pay, paid some guy to write a book about leadership because he was really cool, it's it's not going to help you be a good leader. What it's it's going to give you ideas, which is good, and it's part of the process. But to be a good leader, you have to you have to really care about the people. You have to be organized in a way to where you're always looking for the long term. You have to be able to check in with people without feeling bad about nagging or whatever. And you have to be able to fix fires when they when they burn because you're going to get a lot of fires. And you're going to have to fix a lot of problems, and you're going to be you're going to have to be able to just do some of that stuff on the spot. Some of that stuff you'll have time. But part of leadership is understanding the, the critical aspect that you're not always going to have the preparation and time to fix things. And the organizations that do really well have leaders that can work on the fly, that don't need seven years to make a decision and that can make things happen quickly because they kind of have that intuitive charm. Charm. Hey, Steph. You don't have that charm. Get out of here. <laughs> oh, yeah. I winked at you. Did you like that? No. <laughs> so I hope you guys liked this episode. We went on Instagram and Facebook tonight. It was pretty exciting. It's been 20 minutes. If you have questions on leadership, definitely check out my, I have like 17 videos on leadership. Mm -hmm. I just wrote two blogs. I wrote a blog specifically on the phases of strategic like planning. I wrote another blog on leadership and mentorship, which was one of my most popular ones on LinkedIn. Uh, and go to my YouTube channels, watch my videos, or post anything in the comments from this video. We'll okay. answer what you have. And we're looking for people to give us reviews on this podcast because that helps us out quite a bit because iTunes is a popularity contest on that thing. And also when someone looks for it, they're like, hey, look, that guy doesn't like Chandler. They gave him a one star, so then they pass it up. <laughs> or they look at it and they say, oh, man, look, Chandler got a five star. He must know stuff. Stuff. And then they'll download it and they'll say, wow, he knows stuff. Yeah. And Steph's pretty cool, too. I just don't talk as much. That's true. I was going to say the whole, like, it's not that you're nagging them. You're just, like, giving them reminders. I found a new app that I like, and my team's going to hate me because I'm going to make them download yet another app, Dale. <clears throat> um, <laughs> but we use Slack, which is great. And then Wonderlist, we just started using. Oh, yeah. Um, Wonderlist is cool. I have 900 updates. Yeah, and I think we've talked about it before, but it's really cool. Because you can put your whole team on there. Um, they do have free accounts. They do have paid accounts. But um, it's WU Wonder List. Um, but really cool because you can literally make different lists with tasks tasks in them. Assign them to team members. And then have like due dates um, that they can go in and check off. You can make reminders and all that stuff. So that one's fun to use. I use it for myself too. You can you know make internal forms that are private or in like lists that are private that just you can see. Um, so yeah, that's a good one for keeping everybody organized and on yeah. track. What do you think of some other, so Wonderlist is awesome. Mm -hmm. You can assign a task, assign it to a team member and then it'll ping them and you'll notice it's yeah, red when they don't complete it. Email notification. Mm -hmm. And then emails and then, uh, so I think Wonderlist is really good. The other one we use a lot is Slack. Um, Slack is really cool just for internal team communication. So you're always able to communicate back and forth. You can save mm -hmm. stuff and search stuff in different channels. So we have a different channel for everything we do. 
I think Slack is awesome. And the other, the last one we use for project management is Basecamp. I'm a big mm-hmm. fan of that one just because I can organize projects into what we're doing. You can assign due dates and to-dos for each project, and you can organize people into like folders, who needs to do what, so everything's segmented as well. Yeah, I think Basecamp's good for the larger teams. Yeah, Basecamp like helps 10 us plus. run like MATLAB group really well because yeah. <clears throat> everybody's on the same page. Everybody has different projects, but everybody knows what's going on right. from the look of an eye. So if your team's like, I don't know, 15 people or larger, you can probably use Basecamp pretty well. Mm-hmm. If your team's like between 1 and t- 10, you can probably get away with Slack and Wonderlist pretty easily. Yeah. You don't have to overkill it. <laughs> Yeah, well, thanks for listening to Chan's Logic episode 21. This one was pretty exciting. We had a big popular Instagram feed going on. From our children, our interns. (laughs) So if you guys have questions, remember, post them in the comments. If you like this, leave a review. And we'll see you for the next episode, probably two weeks from now, 22. In a month-ish. Yeah, maybe I'll do one in Toronto with Dave. There you go. Oh, yeah, by the way, if you're in Toronto... I'm going to be down there. I'm, going to, I'm doing a speech on long-term sustainable marketing for the UG series Beach Wad. Yeah, not the UG series. It's called Underground, the, not the no. UG, like the boots. So I'll be down there. When, when am I going to be down there? Uh, July 9th or 8th? You speak on the 8th. I speak on July 8th at, at about at 11, yeah, 11.30 a.m. Mm-hmm. I'll broadcast it live most likely. So tune in there. Until next time, it's been fun, everybody. See ya.